At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them. At our church, we're part of a global community that's knit together by the resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, at our church, we believe that really happened too. At our church, we will engage with people who are in real need because we are the hands and the feet of Christ. And finally, we need you to hear this loud and clear. At our church, it's not really our church at all. It's His, and we live and move and breathe in His church for His glory and His fame, not ours. So here's the invitation. You're invited to jump in with a whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Please rise for our first song.
So if you just remain standing for a few minutes while we read the scripture this morning, the, uh, the text is from Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So let us go to God in prayer. If you would please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for this opportunity to be together, but we know, Lord, that we are sinners, and you look down upon us sinners, and you, you just know that there's nothing we can do about it, and we know that too. And Lord, this morning we ask that you just cleanse us and keep us, keep us safe under your arms of protection. And, and Lord, we ask that, uh, that you give us that strength and that, that peace that we need to continue through our day, through our weeks. Because, Lord, we know that we can't do this on our own, that we're just just uh, hanging out waiting for you to come save us. And, Lord, we know that you are worthy, you are good, and you are honest and true. And, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless this time together as well as the worship service we're having and uh, the music we're singing. And, Lord, we ask all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said. So you'll notice that we have a little bit of a different setup this morning. Um, we have an acoustic setup for you, so we hope you enjoy it.
All right, good morning, boys and girls. It's time for the kids' message, so if you would, find your way to the floor. Morning, everybody. And a lively crowd in here. All right, guys. I'll wait, I'll wait. All right, guys, so I have a game for you today. All right? So, I'm going to explain it. We have a bucket right here, a big five-gallon bucket. looks pretty good. We have green line over there, and then we have some balls. So, I'm going to ask for a volunteer. And when I ask for a volunteer, you're going to take these, you're going to go stand behind that green line, and you're going to try and make all five of these into the bucket, okay? If you can make all five into the bucket, you can get a piece of candy. But if you don't, if you miss one, you don't get a piece of candy. All right? Who wants to be my first volunteer? Oh, I saw a pretty ambitious girl over here. You want to try it? All right. Let's see it. Oh, she made one. Oh, she missed. It's all right. Get the other three. She missed again. It's okay. It's all right. Hey, one out of five. It's not too bad. Yeah, give her a round of applause. Oh, who else wants to try? He's already taking them, so I'm just going to let him try, okay? Hey, there's another one over there, okay? And there's one. Oh, behind the green line. Oh, he threw it to the dog. Come on. You got it. Oh, he made it. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Oh. And he made the last one. <laughs> Good job. All right, you can have a seat. All right. So those of you. Hold on. I'm going to. Maybe we can try after the service, okay? All right. So those of you who did it, did that feel hard? Was it kind of hard? Yeah? What? Yeah. I know. It can seem kind of tough. Um, it was definitely a tough game. But so I instructed you guys to make all five, right? And if you made all five, you would get a piece of candy. You'd get a reward, right? So just as I told you to do that, God tells all of us that we need to love him and trust him and follow him right? And if we do that, then we can, have, we can have all of the rewards that he gives us, mainly eternal life, right? But as you saw our two volunteers up here, we fail, right? We don't make all five of them. Sometimes we only make one or two. And because of that, we fail, we fall short, which means that do we deserve the reward then? No. And that's kind of sad, right? But there's good news. The good news is that God, in his love, sent Jesus, his son, to come and live perfectly and do all of the things that God commands us to do. He did that. Jesus did all of that for us. And he died and he rose again so that in him we can have the reward. So, with that, after the service, even though you guys missed them, if you come over to Next Steps, I will give you all a piece of candy. Okay? Or maybe two. Maybe. We'll see. All right. Would you guys pray with me? Fold your hands. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us and thank you for living for us. We know that without you, we can do nothing and we deserve nothing. But you love us and you give us all what we need. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, you guys can go back to your seats. Remember, after service, I'll give you guys some piece of candy, all right? Yeah, don't forget, hold him to that.
<laughs> and I heard him say two. Yeah. It's time for announcements. Okay. We're going to begin. I'm going to I'm going to start with my friend Chris up here. Oh, I get to go first? You get to go, you got dibs, man. Go I, first. I got dibs. All right. Hey, I'm really excited, guys, cuz this coming Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we're doing the VBS food truck in the neighborhood. And so we're actually going to be going over to the Evergreen Trailer Court, which is over by Cubby's uh, on 48th Avenue. Looking really forward to it, but we really need help, and we'd love to see every single person in this room there just to have some fun with it. Now, I know that some of you are going, well, I, I don't know how to lead a Bible study, and I don't know how to do VBS. You don't have to. Trust me, you don't have to. There's plenty of people who will do that. We can just use the help because it's fun to go through the neighborhood and teach kids about who Jesus is. So... Um, you can sign up on the Church Center app or our website for, uh, to register to be a volunteer. And that just helps us kind of prepare all the information we have uh, to be able to give it to you guys when you're in, in the, the Bible study itself. Um, we're doing it this week, this Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then we're having to do the exact same one uh, at a different trailer court next week. So if you can't volunteer for this week, Try to sign up for the next one. Believe me, it's a lot of fun. We used to do this as a church a long time ago, and we had so much fun with all the kids that showed up uh, that I, I highly recommend it to anybody because you'll see, oh, it's just crazy how many kids yeah. come out for it. So yeah. really want you guys to, to be involved with that. Um, uh, if you do volunteer for this one on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, please park in the Nebraska Tree Works parking lot. It's right next door to the trailer court. Uh, that way we kind of leave room open in there, there so they can get in and out. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. You did a great job on announcements. All right. Um, so there's the welcome. If you, you know, if you're here for the first time, a big greeting. We're glad you're here. And there's some ways to connect with us. There's a there's a text one C guest ninety four hundred ninety four thousand. Um, that's one way to connect with us. Or you can stop out here at the uh, guest center on on your way out the door. Um, so if you're inclined to do that, let us know you were here. Let us know if there's anything that we can do for you. Prayer requests, you can text those to 402-242-5051. Those come in, we get them, we print them, and then they're used uh, later in the service when we do prayers of the people. Uh, Blast is here. It, um, I think they just finished their first week last week. Um, so that's ongoing. All the information is, is here. You can also find this very same slide um, on our website, and there's where you can get all the information you need about Blast. Or feel free to come by the church and, and pick up some information for that. And I think that is all we have for now. Yes. Thank you very much. One day when heaven was filled with his praises. One day when sin was as black as could be. Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The word became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory
day indeed, yeah? A risen Savior. And every Sunday we come to the Lord's table. We do this thing called communion, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist. It's got lots of names, you know, in church history across the years. But what it is, it's the, it's the true body and blood of Jesus. It's the body and blood that washes away our sins, gives us life, gives us salvation, gives us forgiveness of sins. The song so nicely expressed that this morning. This is what Jesus did for us. This is our privilege to come and partake of the body and blood of Jesus. And here at 1C, we, we believe this is the true body and blood of Jesus. And if you're here this morning and that is your belief as well, we invite you to come to the Lord's table today. But before we do that, let's just take a moment to confess together our sins and then we'll move into communion. So read along with me if you would. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. That's your confession this morning. It is my delight to announce to you your sins are forgiven. Scripture says that God and God alone can remove them as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers them no more. That's our position in Christ this morning. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, also after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Service this morning, if you're on the outside wings, you just you know go to the wall and come up and, and receive the elements and go back the aisle. If you're in the two middle sections, come right up this way and we will serve you.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith. Depart in his peace. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we just lift up to you all of our prayers and concerns, knowing that you hear us. Prayers for Cindy as she continues her treatments. Continued prayers for the Dunn family, Lord that you continue to be with them and encourage them and comfort them. A prayer, Lord, that you be with me as I contemplate where you want me to be. If it is not here, make it clear where you would like me. Dear God, please guide me and give me answers to the difficult path 
that I am dealing with. Prayers for safe travels for all those traveling this summer. Prayers for a friend's shoulder for healing and full recovery. Lord, I ask that you continue to walk hand in hand with me. Give me the power to continue in my sobriety. Watch over my friends and loved ones, especially this baby you have blessed me with. God, I also ask that you watch over the people at SOS. Amen. A prayer for a friend, Rick, and his wife. Sherry as a fight for both of their health. Prayers for a complete and speedy recovery for Elsie as she heals from her fall last week. Lord, we just thank you for all these prayers spoken and then the ones spoke unspoken on our hearts. You know what weighs heavy upon us and help us to be able to come to the cross and lay it at the foot of the cross, knowing and trusting you, Lord, that you love us and care for us. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And amen. Good morning, church. Yes, indeed. So, I oftentimes experience this, this tension in my life. It, it, that's probably a word that you can relate to, tension in my life. And, and it goes something like this. It's kind of framed in a question. Why is it that when I get what I want, it's not at all what I want? The, the Christmas gifts, when I was a kid, the Christmas gifts on Christmas morning, oh, the thrill. Two weeks later, thrill is gone. When I was in high school and when I was in college, the the Friday night and the Saturday night parties, all those people, all those great tunes, all those excesses that just felt like life itself at the moment, but nothing lasted. Nothing lasted. It all went away. I'm guilty of sinfully manipulating people in my life, people I love, my spouse. And I've been blessed to have two in my lifetime. I'm guilty of that. Thinking I'll get what I want by this manipulation. But guess what? All I got was guilt, sorrow, and shame. And I'm just wondering, as you, lo as you look across the landscape of your lives today, have you felt that tension? That uh, I got what I thought I wanted, but that's not it at all. And I think that God has something to say to us this morning about this question. So we're going to take kind of a, an easy stroll through the text that was read earlier, Genesis 3, 1 through 7. And let's see how God kind of plays this out and talks to us about this tension. Because this particular text, this is, this is the story of the first man and the first woman, and they become tempted when they thought they were going to get what they wanted only to have the whole thing just go very, very badly. So we begin with Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Slippery, smooth, underhanded, Slick, reasonable sounding, this serpent was. And he, he brings this question to Eve. I mean, that's his opening piece. He brings a, he brings a question to Eve. And it's almost like you can hear him say, you know, we hear this sometimes in, in conversations with, oh, please. 
Oh, please, did God actually say that? And Eve feels inclined to answer the question. Chapter 3, verses 2 through 3. Here's her answer. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. This is a, this is a problem. Here's a pitfall. Trying to have a dialogue with evil, trying to reason with temptation is a losing game. So Eve tried to explain back to the serpent what boundaries God had set. And in the process, she even added a little extra. Because God never said in the original commandment back in chapter 2 about touching the tree. So she kind of, yeah, I think I heard God right on this. And, but here's the thing. The serpent, he knows exactly what God commanded. And he knows why. And he knows how to work around Eve's understanding of what she heard from God. So he does this with kind of this half-truth. You won't die. Yeah, that's sort of true. Their, their hearts didn't stop beating, so they didn't die that way. And we know that Adam and Eve didn't immediately die because they had a life outside the garden. But spiritual death was coming at these two like a freight train. But that's going to be a sermon for another day, spiritual death. The serpent has Eve's attention. Did God say? So from there, he, thought, he says, I think I'll push this argument a little further. And he moves into making God look like this stingy old man who's withholding the goods. The fifth verse of this third chapter. Again, the serpent speaks. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Another half-truth. You will be like God? Well, sort of. I mean, I mean, God himself said, well, this tree will, will help you to discern good and evil. That's something God does very well. But the fruit of this tree is not going to make Adam and Eve omniscient. It's not going to make them omnipotent. It's not going to make them omnipresent. These are traits that God alone possesses. So the serpent knows what God said. And what he does here is he, he misrepresents God's words. He misrepresents God's character. And he, he's, he's playing on Eve's desire for something that she knows she can't have. Oh, crafty indeed. Slippery. Smooth. Reasonable sounding. But brothers and sisters, this is a great text for understanding. This is the foundation of temptation, what's going on here. Put temptation on a spectrum for a minute, all the way from adultery, being tempted in adultery. I deserve more than this marriage is giving me down to the seemingly insignificant. Well, I know the small Dairy Queen blizzard is best for me, but a large one would really be nice. Not that I know anything about that. Okay, but you get the point. The underlying structure is the same. I decide what's best for me, I will pursue that. 
And this is what temptation does. It will frequently create uh, an internal conflict. And the serpent sees an opening in Eve's response. And so he begins his lie with just enough truth to kind of move Eve along in this conversation. And as she listens to this serpent, she begins to draw these conclusions, which we find in verses 6 through 7. So, when the woman saw that, one, the tree was good for food, and two, that it was a delight to the eyes, and three, that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed big leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Hmm. I, I propose that's a different outcome than what they were looking for when they ate this fruit. And it brings us back to, to the question, the, 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 the question that can create tension in our lives. Why is it that when I get what I think I want, it's not at all what I want. Adam and Eve did not get wisdom. They did not become like God. In fact, this is the first recorded instance of, of, of the caustic and eroding effects of shame. That's what they got. Eve Listen to a creature instead of her creator. Eve followed her impressions instead of her instruction. And she made self-fulfillment draw-consuming goal, believing that I'll get what I want. Fast forward into the New Testament, into the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 speaks to this very thing. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. True words, yeah? The, the, the pursuit, the active, intentional pursuit of, quote, all that is in the world is kind of underneath the Apostle Paul's very razor-sharp observation that he makes in Romans 3.23. You probably know this passage. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Life is not going to be found when we buy into the lies that are always going to be present when temptation comes calling. When you and I are tempted, you don't have to dig below the surface very far and you will find a series of lies there. Life is found in what God has done for us in Jesus. There it is. That's where life is found. Paul has some very elegant words about this when he wrote his book to the Ephesians, his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. It's not a result of work so that no one may boast. Oh, how, how much more clear could he be? It's the saving work of Christ that gives us life and salvation and forgiveness of sin. So, what do we do with this question? This question of why is it that when I get what I want, it's not at all what I want? What do we do with that? Here's a possibility. We change what we want. So having been saved by grace through faith, we're able to pursue what Jesus says is of the 
highest priority. You'll recognize this in Matthew. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There was some teaching before that. There's some teaching after that. But this is a, this is a core thing for you and I to kind of untangle this question. This helps us change what I want. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How's that done? It will be done differently for me than it is for you and the person you're sitting next to. But here's some things that I think contribute to finding out how you do that in your life. You pursue God in prayer. You ask him, show me what this means for me, this idea of seeking first the kingdom. How do I do that? How will I recognize when I'm doing that? There's some very clear instruction in the scriptures, and I've no doubt that there's some very clear instruction that comes straight from God's spirit. Okay? So as I kind of draw this message down to a close, here's a, here's a closing thought. This fellowship of believers that's here this morning and the ones that will come at 11, we call ourselves 1C, the 1C Church, the sanctuary. Can we, as a faith community, can we work at this changing what we want idea? Can we shift in our thinking about that? Can we be on the lookout for God to do more than you and I could ever dream or ask? And if that has a ring of familiarity to it, that was the whole thing around the DNA series that we did back in February. Be on the lookout for what God can do more than we could ask or dream of as we pursue his kingdom. As we do this in our personal life, as we do this in our community life as a faith community, and as we do this in the larger community, outside the walls of this church. Be prepared to watch God do more as we change our thinking from I want this, I want that, I want this to what do you want for me to do for the kingdom? Let's close in prayer. Jesus, it's, it's not easy for us. We are broken people saved by grace to be sure. But it's, it's not easy for us to, to sometimes make this change from what I think I want is going to give me life and then it just all falls apart to changing what do I want. I want what you want, Lord. I want what it means to seek first kingdom. Will you reveal that to each one of us in, in a way that is unique to who we are and enable us personally and as a church to do this more and more that the impact for the kingdom would be extraordinary across our community. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please rise for our last song. This moment I see you shaking your head in disgrace. Well, I can read the disappointment written all over your face. Here come those whispers in my ear saying, Who do you think you are? Looks like you're on your own from here. 
grace could never reach that far. But in the shadow alone, that shame beat down by all that blame. You call me on my name, saying it's not over, and my heart starts to beat so loud now, drowning out the Serve the Lord. There's a